Welcome back to Two C's with a pod. No Matt for now. We have banned him from the podcast for a period of time. He uh, <clears throat> had a roughing the roughing the passer call, um, you know, and so he's going to have to sit out the first quarter of this pod for, you know, I mean, it was just such a, a nasty, nasty hit. Um, he did not cradle the quarterback's head when he set him down. And then he may or may not have fallen slightly on top of him. So, I mean, you know, anytime you have an ejection like that, there's always got to be some sort of punishment with the team. And so in order to to start by contract with having two of us on here, uh, enjoy it. Invited HR, Kelly Howerton, to to join us. Kelly, can you tell me what went into the decision to suspend Matt for the first quarter of the podcast? You know, I think it was his use uh, of, of flagrant Spanish. Uh, he mentioned uh, su madre es fácil many a times, which we know in translation is your mother's easy. I thought that was uncalled for. Um, I mean, it makes yeah. sense. You know, we can't have that. Not not on the playing field. Um, do uh, no, seriously appreciate you. Uh, Matt will be joining us soon. Um, his real life work is not as flexible as, as yours and I's. And <laughs> sometimes he's, he gets caught in traffic. Um, so he's... He's running just a few minutes behind, but um, I know that uh, really excited to have you on here because this is a, a topic that I know that you're well versed in. Um, I was sharing with you before we came on that I woke up Sunday into Monday, and I was I was a little annoyed, frustrated at uh, Chiefs Twitter, and that's on me. That's on me, guys. I was the one that read Twitter before I went to bed. And look, that, that Broncos game was uh, it was maddening at times, but man, when I read that stuff, I, you know, I, I thought the I, I thought we took an L. I thought we lost. I thought we lost by thirty. Yeah, it, I agree. I mean, I looked. I didn't make a mistake too. I made the mistake too, and it was it was. I don't know. Uh, I felt worse after I went to Twitter, which I I feel like if you go to Twitter, you feel worse about most anything, right? Um, but no, I mean, I watched the game, and I was obviously. Uh, annoyed uh would be the right word um but i wouldn't say i was like you know it it deterred me from being positive but i was a little annoyed by you know uh by that uh the play calling things like that or why we were doing things a certain way so um like i said before we were were just getting on i feel like we're getting spoiled to the point where we're entering this new phase of fandom all chiefs fans are we're entering this new thing that we don't exactly understand It's, it's like a poor person getting money like, I don't know how this works. Like, am I supposed to do this or that? That's kind of why, as a Chiefs fan now, of like, you know, I have these expectations, and when they aren't met, like, am I supposed to be frustrated? Like, what, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah, I talked to some people earlier this week that, you know, they're like, oh, my gosh, that game was just so, uh And I was like, was it, uh, because we were up 27 to nothing, and it ended up being tight? Or what was it, uh, about, you know? And it's, it was like, yeah. We were up 27 to nothing. I was just kind of hoping that I would have a an easy, easy Chiefs game, you know, because like I have a, a running joke with my sister that I've got a 9.30 a.m. cardiologist appointment the next day because I feel like they just every game is close. Every game's a one possession game comes down to, well, like you look at the and, and we'll get into this the Buffalo and Cincinnati games, games they lost, even the Colts game that they lost. 
they lost it at the end, right? So they lost to Cincinnati with uh, not being able to finish out a drive, and Cincinnati did what we did to Denver and ran the clock out. And then Buffalo, you're driving, they got an interception, ball game, right? So, and then Indianapolis is still, every time I watch the Colts, every time I watch the Colts, I'm like, just like, how did we lose this team? But everybody in the NFL has that. So, you know, for me, you know, I, I think this was one of those things where a long time ago we did a how will the Chiefs, you know, basically way too early prediction of the of the season. And I think back then, you know, people were on here talking Chiefs are nine and eight, ten and seven. Look at the schedule. This is a year that, you know, they're going to finish last in the division. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to be the man. Broncos, look at all this talent the Broncos have, the Raiders, they got Devontae. And then, you know, the Chiefs lost Tyreek. And I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you knew that Tyreek wasn't on this team. I mean, I heard about it last week in the in the in the broadcast. So that was the first time I'd heard it. First so. time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you look back at the, the start of everything, it's like this is the year. This year they don't well, okay, you got a magic number of one to clinch a division. Um officially eliminated the Broncos. So if you're wanting to, you know, Chiefs fans are wanting to stomp on the grave of the Broncos, you, we officially eliminated them. So you can take, you take pride in that, I guess. But, you know, I, I just kind of looked at, at this game, you know, after my initial sense of frustration and famously, I have to uh, put my phone in a yonder bag for uh for the chiefs games so that uh, family lockbox yeah exactly yeah. um you know it's a, it's a good policy that uh at, at mrs Karakab in, implemented with uh put put your phone away until you you can act like a responsible big boy on twitter um but you know it, to me there was kind of these things of like something has to give right so our offense really really good their defense really really good um you know when it, when we talk about like the 27 to nothing lead, our offense was walking down the field, doing whatever they wanted. Right. So first three drives, just boom, 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 got in the red zone, kicked a couple field goals, kicked a couple field goals, highlight reel touchdown. It's 13 to nothing. Just ho-hum touchdown, 20 to nothing. Then you get the interception for return for a touchdown. It's 27 to nothing. And you're like, okay, route is on. And then you get the interception. So the first interception, I don't know where you're at on this, but I thought that was one of the best interceptions that I've I've seen a linebacker especially make. Oh yeah. I mean, I I've I I thought the same thing. I thought, you know, usually what happens is is when Pat's when Pat's growing out, he's using his eyes, which he's so good at. He's using his eyes, they're falling the eyes. And he throws at the last minute. Will switch off because he knows that he, his visual and his and his perception of what's going on is so amazing. But that linebacker called his bluff, went with them, and then he knew where he was going because he saw the guy to the, to the right. So we played the poker match and then came back in when he threw it because he knew where it was going. So that was just a straight up Pro Bowl play right there that he made. That was that was fantastic. I had no qualms about that. Yeah. So you get so then so the Broncos have a, a really short field. Um, and they they go down and, and score. So now it's 27 to 7. You're like, okay, <laughs> it's fine. They left us too much time. Mm -hmm. Joke's on you. Shouldn't have given us that much time. Now we're mad. We're going to go back down. 
Well, you get the second interception. And again, I felt like it was one of the better plays that I've seen a cornerback make with, uh, with Sertan, you know, kind of popping that thing up there and, you know, on the field, everybody's like, no, incomplete, incomplete. And they, they have another short, short field. Right. So they, so they score, um, you know, kind of what were you thinking at, as we're, you're going into half up 28 to four or 27 to 14 at that point? I mean, I felt like, and I'm always a little perturbed about how we call plays sometimes. Um, I just feel like that we are this entity that can't help itself. Um, you know, when you have the tools that Patrick has and you have the play calling ability that Andy has, like you want to use that and you don't want to be vanilla. But sometimes I just wish when you're up 27-0, we just play vanilla. We run, you know, strong right, strong left, that kind of thing. Um, I think, you know, I, I get so perturbed at that. But both those interceptions, like you said, they were stellar plays. I mean, I don't have any issues. I mean, more of the play calling in some ways. I don't really think we need to be throwing 15, 20 yards downfield, up 20 points. Like we can just kind of dink and doink and play that 1997 Chiefs offense for a while, um, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I I thought when we got to that point, we're going to stop them because that was just a lucky token play that we had when they scored the first seven points. And then I started getting concerned because I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be one of those Chiefs games again. But, yeah, I, it was it was frustrating because knowing who we're playing, I know they have a really good defense. Um, I know if they had anyone re really but Russell Wilson, they probably would have won three or four more games and we'd have a different outlook on this whole game. But, yeah. Well, and so, you know, you kind of come out of halftime. You're up. You're still up, you know, 27 to 14. Yep. Okay. And then – to me, this was the one where I was just like, this is where I started thinking like, okay, this could go, this could be a disaster. And hats off credit to the Broncos on that screen call. Perfect play call against Oh, that God, team, yeah. Right? So yeah. you got two blitzers on that side, and you dump it right over them. They've got, I mean, we'd, we'd seen Trey Smith destroy a dude earlier in the half on a screen play. Well, same thing, right? So, I mean you know, perfect play call. The touchdown that I had the issue with was their fourth one where like, I don't know if you remember this, but where everyone knew where it was going. Well, before that. So you've got Jerry Judy running the famed S route where mm -hmm. you just kind of run them in the S pattern and the ball is thrown five yards to the, to the left of him. As he's running his S route, he runs back into the to the cornerback, and you get a 46-yard pass interference penalty on fourth and four. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a real quick time out here, and uh, welcome back from suspension. Your uh, your first quarter suspension's over. Um, yeah. it, you know the uh, it was it wasn't necessarily the roughing the quarterback. I mean that that played into it. The fact you didn't like set them down softly and gently enough but really it was more of that it, it was the words you used yeah it was a, it was the derogatory spanish that you spit out the sumadres fossil that's really uncalled for that is wow that was really are, are you fluent in spanish because that was really quick like is that something i feel like you either i mean as we found out from chris jones you can't call someone's mother easy sorry 
Is that is that ultimately? Like, see, I've not I've not heard what he said. Is that is that what he said? No, I, that's, I just came up with that. No, I just oh, I, he said something about the guy's mom from what was rumored, right? Well, and then, then see, Matt, you thought you would be slick and go with the Spanish version, but you don't know that HR was like boom right there on you. And no doubt, that was your big mistake. Is that first you get the roughing call, okay, <laughs> and then secondly, it was the words, but you thought you were slick. So, yeah, I deserve it. I deserve it. Listen, yeah. I will take that. Um, I would have self-imposed it if the team wouldn't have, you know, done it. I'm, I try to be accountable and transparent. Um, and I'm, but I'm gonna move forward. I'm gonna be a better person, and a better player, and a better teammate after this. So, hopefully, I mean, that's all we can ask for. It's really all we can ask for. So that's character right there. Yeah, it really is. I mean, this is the type of leadership that we want and we expect from the A player on two C's with a pod. Um, you know, I mean, we, we follow your lead. We can't have you making these, you know, mental error. I guess that's really the only way you can put it is mental error, yeah. mental yeah. error. And, you know, it's just not something that we can do. Um, Hey, Kelly and I were breaking down the Broncos scoring drives. And do you have any questions? Do you have any comments on their first three scoring drives? Uh, uh, no, uh, other than, you know, obviously what I imagine that you, you know, have mentioned, you know, that it 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 obviously is a, a pedal, you know, being not not applied. And and I think it's natural for teams a little bit. And I, I do think it's not something that I'm like super panicked about, although it's something that we've talked about, I think, overall, that it just my theme of just that we are a little soft at times and and that's the type of things that i find to be a little soft you know and yes yeah, so three straight scoring drives where they're putting up points to me you give up two scoring drives and then you wake back up i think what i'm concerned about is that it just kind of never stopped we never woke back up in some ways well and see i i see it completely different um you know what kelly yeah. was saying is like hey we're up 27 to nothing you know maybe we don't keep maybe we could just run the ball a little more and i would love to see that um as well but i also think that we need to realize too that this isn't this team's dna like that's not who like they're gonna throw like you know but it's you know kind of where where we where you jumped in at is we were talking about the jerry judy touchdown mm -hmm. i believe it was his uh, third of the game if uh Memory serves correct. Did he have three straight? I didn't yeah, know. It came well, so here's the thing. It came on a fourth and four 46 yard pass interference penalty. That that call is just ridiculous because especially because earlier in the game, Justin Watson did not get the same an even worse one, right? So right. um, so there was that. And then also, how wild was it that Jerry Judy was even still in that game? Uh, right after um, pu pushing the referee or or doing yeah, something bumped, bumped into the referee, but you know one of the things that we were, you know, we we kind of talked about something has to give, right? Their offense versus our defense. Something has to give. Their offense versus our defense. So our offense destroyed their defense. So you look at like the averages of what they had and i think uh, i actually did some research which i know is not it's not our thing as you can see i've got the glasses so i'm going to my written notes here um 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's getting serious. <laughs> um, they had come in allowing 183 passing yards a game. That's great. Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure great. we had that at half. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Roll job. They had come in averaging 17 points, giving giving up 17 points. Yeah. We had 34. Um, they had their previous season high on points had come to the, the Raiders. They gave up 32. We'd score 34. Yeah. Um, one area where we did not um, – where we, we brought their, we, we made their average better is they were giving up 120 yards on the ground. We only got 89. Huh. So, you know, kind of when you guys looked at the game, what did you see offense versus defense? Who won that battle, our offense or their defense? We'll go to Kelly. I mean, I think, I feel like our offense won that battle. I don't know when we're going to get into talking about our concerns. Uh, about things, but just based on that game, um, I think the that our offense won that. Even though we did have quite a few points in the middle where we couldn't, I feel like we couldn't do anything for a while. And I'm always confused when that hap why why that happens and when it happens. That always is really just frustrating to me. How you can score 27 points, boom, and then all of a sudden we can't pick a play that to run against eight eight men in the you know dropping eight. Like like I don't understand. So yeah, yeah. it's. It's weird how momentum in, in any sports, how it just, you know, it was almost like we talked about that Josie Jewell's first interception was amazing. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, you got one. But, man, that momentum was just, I mean, you, you'd come off the interception for a touchdown. You stopped him again, like three and out. And then you get the ball and you're like, hey, we can, we can go down here and, you know, just do whatever we want. And then one play can you know, can turn a game. Um, so Matt, what did you see when, uh, yeah, no, I, I would mirror what, what Kelly's saying there. I, I think it's, it's kind of an R it's RMO, you know, I mean, we have a tendency to do these types of things that we, we definitely don't just demolish teams. I think a lot of gamblers will always tell you that like we really aren't great you know to, to bet on against the spread because we ultimately you know make games closer than we probably should and i think a lot of times that gets blamed on the defense and and maybe at times it should you know but there's also times when right like we just have these spells where we can't do anything and and it's maybe not always turnovers or interceptions Sometimes it's just like everything is a grind, you know, all of a sudden and every yard, every, you know, and, and it, again, I hate to keep going back to this thing, but that's my concern with, you know, us going forward, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know against the highest levels of teams. Can you have them kind of lapses in time? Right. Although it's also interesting. And just to kind of piggyback on that, I, one theme I hear all the time is the concept of we kind of play up and down right to our opponents and i think there's something to be said for that when you look at kind of what we've done against good defenses as an offense and then what we've done against bad defenses as, a, as an offense right so like we rolled san francisco you you were there to to enjoy okay. that yeah yeah you were there for that um uh, incredible defense that now has like 
ever since that game has been really dominant, you know, um, and Tampa Bay's defense at the time when we played them um, was one of the tired, higher ranked defenses and always pretty solid. And that was our probably best offensive performance that in San Francisco and then Denver, right. Where the first half, you know, you're going like, this is, this is supposed to be at least a really good defense, if anything on this team and we're killing them. But then again, it comes back to the mean. And I think that's an NFL thing, obviously, you know, too, right. Like some of these teams, we think Denver is three and 12 and, or whatever they are, 311, you know, and, and you go like they're terrible and the Chiefs are 11 and three or whatever, and they're great. But is there really that much difference, you know, between well, these teams? You know, there's a point to that, right? So the the Broncos have lost. Here's the here's the margin of defeat for the Broncos and their losses. One nine, three overtime, three overtime, seven, seven, six overtime. 13, 1, 6. So they're not getting blown out, right? Um, you know, if you take these one-score games and you flip the result. Right. They're in the playoffs. I mean, they're 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 playing for the division. I mean, honestly, right? Because yeah. almost all of these, that's 1, 2, 3, I mean, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 more wins. I mean, literally, you know, they're right there with us. Yeah. So, and then the Chiefs' victories, 23, 3, 10, 1, 21, 3 in overtime, 10, 3, 16, 6. So, like, the Chiefs do, like, to me, the the Chiefs were actually more surprising that they've had those margins of victory. (laughs) Because I just assume, I was telling Kelly that, you know, I've got a 930 – standing meeting with the standing appointment with the cardiologist to keep me to, to get my heart back into i know dude so those 21 point games and those 23 point games and that maybe that's part of also being a fan right <clears throat> there is a level of like those games kind of fade in your memory right and you have a tendency to remember those closer games and the recency bias of obviously the denver game being what it is but yeah that surprised me to hear that they do have had those bigger margins because yeah. i would have never remember that well you know here's the other thing too um you know and i think this might get into some of the concerns that you have down the stretch but you know when when a team's up 27 to nothing the other team is going to just play as loose as possible nothing to lose like like what's the worst that's going to happen they're going (laughs) to you know so i mean Oh, it was comical. I mean, if you weren't laughing and, and I, you know, I hate to kind of rub it in our Denver friend's face, but I don't really actually hate it at all. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I was comical. I mean, it, I was, I felt like it was a karmic thing. You know, I don't know if you were having these same experiences, Kelly, too. Like I was laughing. I was really comically laughing at D- Denver, their fans, you know, the whole city, how, how bad it was. Well, it's, it's, it's almost comical to a sadness point, and uh, and and it's more of stuff that's happening off the field. Like it, it's it's painful. It's almost like someone having a critical illness. Like you gave someone a quarter of a billion dollars, and within a few weeks, we've realized, oops, this is a bad thing. And the cap hits that come with this, like it is, like you laugh at first, and then you sit back, going, oh my. 
God, this is going to be so bad moving forward. Like this is like this is like someone going, well, it's stage four. Like you're just like, well, you have hope until someone tells you that. Like, well, crap. You know what I mean? So it's like that's where Denver got. They got that news like that's the fourth week. Like, sorry, this is uh, this isn't going away. Kind of terminal. terminal. Yeah, this is so, a terminal problem for a while. So if you're a Denver fan, which we we have access to some of those um, that would probably will not tap into this year. Um, I don't think that they will come on to the show at this point. Um, where do you place the blame? I mean, I feel like someone, I, I mean, I don't know. They, they, I mean, the whole deal fooled everyone like analysts, everyone were on board with this. Like, this is the thing. So Part of me feels like maybe that is the off. Maybe it's an OC problem, or maybe it's a, a staff problem. And maybe I, well, we're talking about this next year in a whole different light when Denver's ahead by three games in the division, which I seriously that's going to happen. But I'll play it out in this scenario. Like maybe that could happen. But from what the I, stories I hear, Russell Wilson is the weirdest person on earth. And I'm not sure who you put around them to make that work in this scenario. Like even Travis Kelsey's stories about just talking to Russell Wilson, he was just like, Dear God, this guy's insane. So the interesting thing about like, like a great friend of the show at Living the Dream, Bronco fan, not having fun this year. Was have had a great offseason. Oh, yeah. Won the offseason. The whole AFC West, besides the Chiefs, that was Super Bowl level offseason. Yeah. Well, like I remember having a conversation with him in preseason. Because Russ didn't play in preseason. Like that, that's an Aaron Rodgers does not play in preseason. Russ didn't play in preseason in, in Seattle. And I was like, man, I think they need that time. Uh-huh. Like, I think your body has to callous up to it. Like, if, if you really want to put one more, one area where I think the Chiefs are far and away better than the others in the division and perhaps a conference, strength and conditioning team. Look at the injuries that. Like they, the, oh, the Chargers. Like, the is Richard Simmons the person in charge of the Chargers? <laughs> oh, like, seriously, man. that's a insane. That that's a solid, solid reference right there. Very hope. I mean, our age and up, they're gonna love that reference. I don't it's know, crazy. I, but that you're right. They are the Chargers in particular. Obviously, have just decimating injuries okay. all the time. The whole division. You're right. Like. It is it is an interesting thing. And and I think again, like it's it's so it's comical. I think I, I honestly I was listening to some guys talking to today a little bit about the draft is here next year, right? So yeah, that matter for some teams. We're going. Like the the, the Broncos, the, the literally the only thing they'll be doing is hearing their name being called for the picks that they gave up, right? And we'll be well, folks here will be able to cheer joyously as you know Seattle is well, enjoying. And we, about, if, and we talked about that last year with the Rams. They bought it. The Buccaneers. They bought it. Yeah, it worked. See, it fooled it fooled a lot of teams, right? Though I mean, in some ways, think about all the teams that try that and it fails. But all it takes is one team to do it. And it works, and then everybody wants to do it. Now, I will say, Kelly, and I, again, Andy, and I, you know, like, I will admit my faults and wrongs and my missayings on here. But I I will say I was not fooled by Russell Wilson in this move, and I was calling this dude washed and calling the whole scenario a bad idea. 
only because, and it's interesting who you know and who you talk to, right? And like, not that you know, like, I, I have any kind of inside, like I'm talking to, you know, Pete Carroll's son or something, you know, like I know some, but I do know a few Seattle Seahawks fans now, you know, and a guy who follows them, you know, very closely. And he's like, the dude can't throw over the middle. He like literally refused to throw over the middle all year. It's like he quit. And it goes back to, again, his weirdness. I mean, there's a level of like, I think amount of weirdness is, is okay. I mean, you think of like kind of these guys that have kind of certain, you know, characteristics, very charismatic, you know, there, there's some weirdness too. I mean, I think when I look at like a Cam Newton, I saw him on the thousand dollar pyramid or whatever, hundred the other day, like that's where he's at right now. Cam's Cam's out there doing a hundred thousand dollar pyramid, by the way. But um, I saw him on there and like, my wife's like, Ooh, he's a detractive young like guy, you know, he's all guys, you know, and I'm like, Hey, he's a little bit weird though. Like just a little weird, you know, like when he would answer questions and talk, you know, like he just had that, like, what's, but there's a little bit something off and, and Russ, I think has just a, an extra level of that, you know, like, and that's hard because just like you, you mentioned Kelly, like, and, and Andy, like you can't, this is not a person you can follow and you can, that's, that's a leader. And if you don't have, and I think for him, he, he was on a team full of leaders. You got to think about when he was successful, their defense was really what they were ultimately known for. And he had a locker room full of like, guys who probably were really the leaders of that team. He had a strong coach, a very kind of like, you know, take charge. I mean, Pete Carroll ain't going to take no shit from Russ, you know, and is going to tell him, stop being weird, you know, stop it. Whereas I don't know that Nathaniel Hackett can rein in any of the weirdness, you know, and any of the strength. And, ha you know, and and he's maybe, he, he doesn't have near strong enough voice in the room to even step over that, you know, and kind of wade through it. So you guys right. think they're the Broncos give Nathaniel Hackett another year. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at the injuries. I mean, they have a pro bowl roster on injuries, but they also started trading off a lot of good pieces, right? Traded Von Miller last year, Bradley Chubb got traded this year. Like, I mean, you, you have to let go this, you have to let go this piece. You have to let go of those pieces. You have like to play the game, which which leads me to a positive thing that I at least want to talk about before we get into any crazy things here. Is I think I want to talk about the difference between casual fans and like hardcore fans. And to define that, casual fans, I watched on Sunday. I see what's going on. I read some of the papers. Right, hardcore fans are people that are watching the games, looking at things. Probably in multiple fantasy leagues are looking at cap numbers, like we probably do. And I, there's one thing that everyone's missing, and I brought up on Twitter a few times to people, which they still don't understand, is like, I would rather be the Chiefs than any of these teams. And everyone wonders why, especially since we're having our issues and Joe Burrow and the, every. We're on state. See, there, there's multiple stages to having a star quarterback. There's four stages. There's rookie contract. There's the after rookie contract. There's the extension. And then there's the final moments. And so we're in the second stage of the chess game, whereas the Bengals, the uh, Bills, you know, um, uh, who else? Um, uh, the Eagles, like they're Baltimore. all in stage one. They're all Baltimore. in stage one. Baltimore still hasn't paid Lamar. Yeah, it's still, still in stage there. one. Yeah. The chess game comes when you have a Jalen Jalen um, Hurts. Hurts. We have Jalen Hurts. He's on one point six million dollar contract. Yeah. 1.6 on 
Our backup makes twice that. I give a $1.6 million contract. Things change. It's, you can put a Pro Bowl defense together and, and bring the, the pipeline people with that much money left over. We're add 45 onto that and right. see what happens. Like the, the, the Bills are going to find out really quickly next year what, and they all the Bills fans have arguments of just like, oh, you know, we will, they'll our trust in our GM. And I'm like, I don't know what, like, you know, physics equation you guys are going to come up with to make this work, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Bengals, same situation. Guys got two all star Pro Bowl receivers. You can't pay everyone. And they're going to find out after, I think, the 24, this next uh, 24 season is their final year of that freedom. Um, that and then, you know, you have all this happening. Everyone's going to notice really quickly. And they give the Chiefs so much crap about, oh, you guys are hampered. We don't have anything. You, Pat doesn't have anyone to throw to. Like, we're coming out of that and making things work with good drafts. We're entering that. So, we might go through a year or two here of really competitiveness, but I feel like the Chiefs are going to take off, really take off, in probably 24, 25, and 26 because everyone else is going to start feeling that, and we're going to be getting through it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Cincinnati does, who they, yeah. who and how much they're going to have to pay Chase. Like, yeah. that to me, that's going to be the, the hamstringing thing, right? So, to your point, Philadelphia was able to pay A.J. Brown the, the contract that they did because of what they're they could fit it yeah and it and it becomes also then that self you know fulfilling prophecy too because then you have success and then some of these free agents that are around that kind of want to come to philly too maybe even take a little less money because you're successful and things are going great but again they will run into it if he continues to have success they'll have the exact same situation in a few years but you're exactly right i think it's a, it's a super great point and like Again, you're right, and and it'll be interesting to see if those GMs are able to maneuver as successfully as honestly the Chiefs have. Because here you are in a, in, a, in a situation where we could easily be the number two, number one seed. You winning your division easily, and you've paid your quarterback. You know mm -hmm. you've gotten through that moment, and then and you also and the interesting thing becomes too is Pat's been pretty flexible. I think with his you know contract is probably something that I don't think people talk about enough either you know it's like i always hear about how brady all oh, brady was so good because he took less money and let all these people in like number one who cares you shouldn't have to like i wouldn't okay cool brady smart move i, I take all my money i'm not a dummy like I, if you tell me you know again money is what whatever it is okay fine but you sh that shouldn't be how you would have to or that or that you know it's interesting the standard that people are set to right because like obviously brady has a richer than him wife, right? Or at least close to it, right? Well, none he of these did. other guys are like he did. He, he did. did. He does yeah. not now, anymore. Brady, and he's also probably feeling the pain here in a little. By the way, he's doing he's doing just fine in the looks department with the new one. Yeah, I, that I don't. That see, I know I can't keep up with these. I'll guys. send you a picture. <laughs> but, but I but I do think like right that's that's and Pat has some crap but will Joe Burrow do that? Will the Josh Allen do that? Is he going to want to really break the bank? And does that really hamper then what they have to to do for the other guys? And right, so it, it's it's an interesting thing, and you oh, trust so I think, me, I right? Think one thing too to to point out is you look down the future, you know, like right now, like if you were to to handicap the rest of the year, you know, I don't think you could say the Chiefs are the the favorites to win it. No, I don't think so. But I would also say that. Boy, if I'm one of those favorites, if I'm Buffalo, if I'm Cincinnati, if I'm Philadelphia, I don't want to see Kansas City on my schedule because there's that 
and I know you you won't agree. Oh, you know what, Matt? I'm going to put this in terms that you would agree with. There's that Larry Bird factor. Thank you. That regardless of how the skill players and the talent around and the, you know, I, I, I actually don't have a problem with the way this defense plays or has played. I would love to see him get more turnovers. I'd also love to see our offense turn the ball over less and special teams, especially turn the ball over less. But, you know, there's always that Mahomes factor of, like this year, he's become even more dangerous because it's not just Tyreek and Kelsey. And uh, Kelly and I actually, I, I need to make sure you understand, Matt, that Tyreek is not on this team anymore. Okay, because I haven't heard that. I've I really haven't heard that much, or really anybody talk about that. Yeah, Kel Kelly heard it last week for the yeah, first time in the game. Yeah, and it was hey. news. He was shocked. I was shocked. I heard it. Um, I I think I heard it. Maybe I think they mentioned it twice. Yeah, last week. Um. And then I found out this week the reason why he's not on the team is he only averaged three targets a game. Oh, so, you know, <laughs> which ridiculous. I don't know. I'm not a great. You guys are both math guys. So could you tell me how somebody that averages three targets over a 17 game period um, catches 111 balls? Like, how's that? How's that work? I'm I mean, I. I don't. This this is going to cause controversy, right? I'm just going to say this. We were we're all we have to all be thinking this at this point, right? And I'm just going to say this, and this is going to probably make someone mad. All the stuff that Tyreek's been through, we were on his side the entire time. Doesn't it like enter in people's minds a little bit now with all the craziness that's being said? That I mean, I don't know. What I really like, wish that has he, he always been say, truthful with what's been going on? What what I would really wish that he would just say, and he kind of said it on that that podcast, by the way, is he said they came back with twenty five, and Drew said we can do better. Right. Look, it's okay if you want to be the highest paid person. Like, if I want to be the awesome. highest paid person in my company, that's okay for me to. to that's okay for that to be my goal. That's 100% perfectly fine, but I can't want to be the highest paid person and then have these other excuses like, well, you know, I'm, I really wanted to be thought of as this, and I really want to be thought of as that, and I really wanted this and this and this. But no, really what I wanted is I just want to be the highest paid, and that's okay. It really is. Like, I think that PR people would tell you, like, no, you can't say you want to be the highest paid, but I, I think as a professional athlete, is any person in a, a situation to where, you know, whatever industry you're in, if you want to be the highest paid person at that and you have skills and there's a demand for it, good on you. Right. And people appreciate honesty and authenticity, I think. Like, and I don't think anybody is anybody really, if you don't like Floyd Mayweather, is it because he has a lot of money? You know what I mean? I don't think that's because you just don't like him as a person. He talks trash. The way he boxes is kind of honestly not the most exciting boxing in the world. Like, I think there's reasons to not like Floyd, but it ain't because he's so rich. Like, I don't think that that's – and if it is, then, again, I don't think anybody's going like, oh, well, I wouldn't take that or I wouldn't have that. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, so just – but just point, be honest. And, and, but to, to back to Kelly's point, though, because I think – Man, that's so such a great point that I hate seeing athletes do this. And this is why with Grinky, I had such a hard time with Grinky's behavior when he left the city. And that's why it's been so hard to kind of embrace any kind of return of Grinky 
or like or embrace kind of his time here because he really kind of trashed the city as he left. And I didn't think that was necessary. And it's the same thing with Tyreek. And that's a great point. If everyone would have listened to me, that man would have not been on this team. I I was, again, kind of the impetus it's kind of the impetus of this, you know, podcast was this disagreement and kind of argument that me and Andy were having back and forth about Tyreek and kind of and and on Twitter and everything else. And like the city stuck up for him. You're exactly right. The 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 organization stuck up for him, right? Because we do know they could have Kareem hunted him. They could have absolutely Kareem hunted him. And I don't think anybody would have been that upset, but they stuck by him. Why are you still talking trash, bro? They literally got you that contract without them drafting you at, in the fifth round because you had the problems that you did without them having the belief that they did in you without you yeah. having Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and the and Andy Reid as your coach you don't make 135 million dollars or whatever the heck you got you know like stop agreed <laughs> is there so i know i know that we're coming up closer is there any way that we can kind of just I want to talk about the positives i've seen kind of go Please around the yeah. room. We, love, we want to end this on a positive note yeah so my, my positives are very quick, very simple. Um, we got a young team. We're going to have about $30 million in cap space. I know that we got some people to pay, but I'm sure we can be kind of creative as Vich does. Draft record is, you know, I gave it a, probably a B-plus draft record. I think we can do pretty good draft-wise. And the one thing I want to remind everyone, the Bills, the Bengals, the Bills, they have to win. The pressure's on the Bills. The pressure's on the Bengals. The pressure's on the Dolphins to do it. We don't have any because we are set up to keep going. They like Bills have to win this year, or it's it's probably not going to happen for a while. Well, it's like the Bills will start the conversation around the Bills. To your point, they have to win it this year. The conversation will be, well, they just couldn't get it done. Yep. They they were they were a fantasy juggernaut and. They're fun to watch, and Josh Allen's all world, but they just can't get it done. And when when it matters, yeah. you know, and it's kind of like, um, <clears throat> I mean, the national media. I think they just kind of got bored of talking about how good Mahomes is. So they've got to have. Look, we need a superstar in LA. Justin Herbert's here. He's the next. Oh, uh, he he is the all. He remember he is the all time um, passing yards in the first three seasons. You get remember remember that. Yeah, well, I did see he got a game ball for that. Got a game um, ball for that, even good. though Patrick Mahomes played one game that other season. So, Matt, what is uh, what's your positive? Oh my gosh, yeah, so many positives, and I think some of the, so many of the, what we mentioned, um, and that is so really the cool part of this is that it is set up for the long haul. That there's really no reason to think that at any point. Now, again, I'm I'm knocking on wood. There's injuries. There's things that obviously you could never predict. But on paper, right? There's no reason why we can't be successful for, and we've been successful now for a ridiculously long time, even really pre-Pat, you know, in some ways. But now getting Pat and having really Super Bowl ambitions every year, like there's no reason to think that that's ever going to stop, you know, because again, you have the the right money people in place you've got the right coach now it'll be interesting to see kind of as andy gets older like how long he wants to do it and how you know kind of i, I think that will matter and because i do think that's the also a huge as frustrating as andy can be sometimes like bottom line we watch afc west teams and coaches give us games all all the time right brandon staley you know the the, the 
Broncos coach before him, Hackett, they make really poor, bad decisions that can give us games, you know? And so like, it'll be interesting to see as that kind of, you know, filters out and kind of who, how long Andy wants to go. But yeah, I just think the sky's the limit. Now, this year, I, I'm I'm not as bully this year like as I am, and I, I agree with Kelly. Like, I really do think it's probably the Super Bowl years may be like 24 and 25. You know that like I don't know that they put together quite the roster yet. You know, and my concern is in some ways, and maybe we'll see it. Is this young defense going to hold up in the playoffs and beyond? Because right now they're like ranked around right half. You know, like 15th. And if they can continue that and play, you know, kind of what we saw first half of the last game, then, man, I mean, we we are contenders, if not favorites. But if we also kind of see rookies do rookie stuff in, in the playoffs, that that I'd be concerned about. Yeah. So I want to my, my positive is uh, if I might something that I, the Chiefs did that I haven't seen them do a lot of this year. Um, they got the ball with under five minutes left. And they ended that game taking a knee. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, I really like the running back duo of Pacheco and McKinnon. Same. And I, re- I feel like, and I've, I've said this even last year, I feel like this offense runs better when McKinnon is in the backfield. Um, nothing against CEH, but I think that we have just seen enough to say that, you know, it just runs better with Pacheco. Pacheco's kind of Kareem Hunt 2.0. Yeah. Um, you know, he can like that that run that he that 10 yard run that he finished where he, he got hit, in there, yeah. He got hit at, at oh, awesome. eight yards. He got hit at eight and he yeah. ran over that guy and finished at 10 or what 11. is he on? What is he? What vitamins does he take? Like, <laughs> I need to get on that because that's like a 24 7 get up, run, hit me again. Like, I need that in my I life. Somebody, I really like to describe him as training camp running back. I, I need that in my life. You get, man. Hit, you get down and you get up and you finish your run. Yes. He does it every time. The other thing that I'm really excited about is like, you know, we've talked about the draft, but, you know, and, at, and home. That, at home. Yeah, well, and I think that people have talked about, like, the wide receivers of the Chiefs. Like, if you look at the contenders, you know, going through, like, the Cowboys have CeeDee Lamb. Philly has A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. The Bills have Davis and and um, Diggs. Um, Burrow, we've already talked about all the weapons that he has. Minnesota's got just, Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen. I mean, you know, for, for goodness sakes, those guys are... They're making Kirk Cousins look good. Right. So. <laughs> the, the dolphin, the dolphins had Hill and Waddle. So I mean, it's and then time the Chiefs, for, right? Another you one. Know, and, and of course, Kelsey put put Kelsey in the mix. But the Chiefs have Kelsey and Smith Schuster, or if you say Smith Schuster and Valdez Scantling, right? Those are not enough. Which of these is not like the other? I like what Juju has brought to this team. Um, but I would be when I look at what that receiving room would look like next year. I'm okay if McColl comes back or not. I think this team has missed McColl Hardman the last four weeks. Yeah, sure. Well, for sure. MBS I mean, it's the Mahomes done... and the step kids. I call them the step kids because the hyphenation. <laughs> MVS has done enough. I mean, I'd love to see him. You know, I don't know. I'm lukewarm on him. But if you look at who's coming back next year, they get Kadarius Tony. Give that guy an offseason to get his hamstrings right with this strength and conditioning coach, mm-hmm. this strength and conditioning team, 
put him on the field. Look, Sky Moore should never see another punt return in his life, but Sky Moore as a wide receiver, let him develop. And then, I mean, you know, similar to what you're seeing with Trey Smith, who was he, a sixth, seventh round draft pick? Yeah. You got Justin Ross that they've stashed on the they've stashed him on the practice squad. This guy was, you know, second round talent. Yep. Coming out of Clemson. And, you know, they if the injuries weren't there, he's a second rounder. Well, you, you got him late. Give him that year. So I mean, I think that I, I agree. I think this team's set up for for a run. I think they could do it this year. Cause if you look at the schedule, you know, what I the thing I don't like is that when people are like the Chiefs won't lose another game. Look, at any given Sunday, right? We all know that. But if you look at Buffalo's schedule, Buffalo and Cincinnati, somebody's getting an L there. Yeah, they play right. each other. Right. Somebody's getting an L. Right. Call the game Sunday with the Dolphins and uh and Bills. Yeah, yeah, the Dolphins and the Bills. It's probably gonna to me, I think that the Bills probably I, I just don't see the Bills losing that game especially if they lost earlier in the year. So, um, but Hey, you know, this was fun. Last thoughts, any, any comments, concerns, anything that you guys want to, anything you guys want to get out? You know, we want to no, just want to say that I, uh, I love you guys. Thank you for uh, getting together again before um, the holidays that I, uh, I hope you guys have a, uh, a wonderful, uh, you know, Christmas and new years and get all the cool wishes the granted that you want. And uh, yeah, hopefully see okay. you guys soon. My wishes come in February. <laughs> uh, i see that i see you're going thank you man have a good afternoon yeah so good to see all you right. brother yeah be good all right thanks all right. See you,